line, either listening or watching, we welcome you too. And hope that uh, this will be a good Lord's Day to you. We hope you have plans of of not just coming to church, but spending time uh, on the Sabbath of resting some and recovering from your week and maybe planning for the next week and having some family time. I think that could be all part of resting. So we hope that you are able to do some of that. I'd like to open with a reading from James. and. I had to take this off to be able to read because I was steaming up so much. I don't think I would have been able to see it otherwise, but I'll put it back on in just a minute. This is from James chapter 1, verse 19. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father, is this to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. This is the living word of God. Let's start off with song. We're going to do a new song. Um, It's called Reckless Love. You guys have probably heard it on the radio. And Caleb, we had a debate on the word reckless. And God is not reckless. But this this word reckless is talking about the uh, reckless abandonment that God, that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He loved us so much that he sacrificed himself. He knew the danger and he still loved us anyways. <clears throat> spoke a word you were singing over me you have been so so good to me before I took a breath you breathe your life in me you have been so so kind to me please stand with us <clears throat> Holy, overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. How oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. I couldn't hurt it, and I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away. How the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. When I was your foe, still your love fought for me. You have been so, so good to me. When I found no worth, you paid it all for me. You've been so, so kind to me. Holy, overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. How it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. I couldn't hug, and I don't deserve it. Still you give yourself. 
myself away. Oh, overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. How the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the ninety-nine. And I could not, and I don't deserve it. Still you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Daily breads are available for September through November. If you want some, they're in the back or, or um, for you. That includes anyone who's at home right now. If you use them and would like one. And Not sure how to get a hold of it. Call one of the elders' homes, and we'll make sure to get a copy or as many as you want to your house, and you know, either by mail or dropping them off, one or the other. And also, I uh, would like to announce we had been uh, encouraging people when we were closed, since no one was around most of the week and uh, didn't want to leave tithe checks sitting out in the mailbox uh, to mail checks to my house. You can stop doing that. Uh, I mean, if it happens to show up at the house, it still gets in the, the offering. But um, if you want to mail them to the church address, that would be fine. And then we also have a, a tithe uh, uh, offering plate here that you can just drop it in. So whatever is convenient for you. Um, trying to get back to a little bit of, of normal uh, operations again and uh, kind of shifting gears. Uh, a couple prayer requests and uh, updates. Diane had been in the hospital most of the week uh, for various uh, reasons, uh, mainly dealing with a lot of uh, pain that she's been dealing with on and off for a while. Um, seems like every time she comes out, they think that they know what may be causing it. And then not too long later, it seems to go right back in and they come up with another idea. So not sure if they've got it worked out this time, but she is home and uh, they're still trying to adjust medications and try different medications to see if they can relieve the discomfort she's been experiencing. So just pray for Diane. Uh, she is one of our shut-ins. Uh, and, uh, you know, we have a handful of shut-ins that are members of this church, uh, can't make it with us most days, most weekends. And, uh, don't forget them in your prayers and, uh, maybe drop a card to them or call them or something like that. I mean, imagine being a shut-in today and also having to deal with it being, um, uh, the, the coronavirus and not being able to get around people because they're shut-ins, they have health issues, uh, how much more complicated and and, uh, and uh, lonely that could be for, for our, our loved ones. So uh, keep them in, in your prayers and don't forget them. Uh, Joanne is home. She's actually been home for a little over a week. Um, I don't know that she is open to visits from anybody and everybody frequently, but if you uh, give the house a call, you can always uh, encourage her. And uh, if you are wanting to try to do a visit, you can ask and see how they respond. But uh, Joanne is recovering. I, uh, she uh, is having problems with stability and able to, to uh, not fall, which is a big concern for her. And uh, just pray that uh, her body uh, strengthens and, and she's able to get around a little better. And cards and 
cards and yeah. She is a little hard of hearing, so phone calls, I don't know how, how well that works out. Uh, cards probably would be a better uh, avenue for Joanne in particular. And then just the fires and the hurricanes that uh, are afflicting different parts of our country. It's just like one thing after another going on this year. Uh, I kind of chuckle every time I see someone making comments about how, you know, maybe we ought to just draw a line through 2020 on the calendar and just move on to 2021 and call this a wash and <laughs> it's it's uh it's it's been interesting uh, who would have thought we would be dealing with the things we're dealing with this year but you know what god is not surprised by it god that wasn't caught off guard and uh i'll be preaching a little bit on this today but the opportunities that we have as christians to be able to represent jesus christ in our everyday life is much greater this year than I think it's been in a long time. Hopefully we are taking advantage of that. So let's pray. And uh, yes. Okay. Josh and who? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that we have the opportunity as a local church, a local representative of the body of Christ, to be able to come together as brothers and sisters, as as children of, of our God, in fellowship with each other, fellowship with you, and, and uh, worship you, sing these praises to you, hear from your word, have communion together. Lord, we we thank you for all these things that you have given us in our life. We thank you, Father, for the hope that you give us uh, and why we're able to come together like this, the hope of of eternal life through salvation in Jesus Christ. And and, uh, Lord, uh, how this is a hope that the lost cannot share. And maybe not even have any idea what that hope is. And Lord, I pray that you'll help us as representatives, as ambassadors of Christ here in Fortuna and in this county. To be loving, to be vocal, to be bold, to be encouraging, to help build people up, not only believers, but Neighbors who may be lost, co-workers who may be lost, the grocery store worker that we run into. We pray that you help us, Father, through your Holy Spirit, through your word, through the encouragement of each other. To take advantage of the times that we're living in and, and be a light in a dark world. But, Lord, we know that we need you and your strength to help us do that, that in our in our own fleshly desire and fleshly strength, we would never be able to live this way. And so often we fail, and we pray for forgiveness for that. But I ask that you help us, Lord, from day to day to represent you to all that we meet. We pray for the shut-ins, Lord, of our loved ones that uh, can't be with us. Arlene, uh, Alaris, uh, Diane, Jan, um, Joanne, um, uh, and others, Father. It's not coming to mind, but, Lord, I just pray that you will be with them and encourage them, that you will comfort them, that you will be with their medical providers dealing with their health issues, that they might be wise, especially thinking of Diane right now, that they might be able to figure out what's going on that's causing her all the the pain and the trips to the hospital, and that they'll be able to stop um, whatever it is that's going on. Lord, we pray that whatever happens, that, that they will turn their eyes and their hearts towards you and be encouraged. 
that they might know that uh, that and 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 have great comfort in the thought that there will be a day in the future that they will not have to deal with these pains and discomforts and heartaches that they deal with here, as we all have the great hope of. Lord, we pray for those who are dealing with various disasters around our state, around the country, around the world with the pandemic, with the fires, with the hurricanes, with the various things, the, 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 the protesting that takes place in many big cities. And Lord, we just pray that you will stop these things, that you will protect um, families, lives especially. But Lord, as as we go through these various things and we know that they are a natural part of living in this world of sin, that we do deal with these heartaches and we do deal with these difficulties. And I pray the same for us and for the people enduring them, that they too might come to know you in a deeper and richer way in their lives. And that they might find encouragement and hope in that. We pray for Josh and his wife and they're dealing with COVID. We pray that you'll protect them, that it might be a very minor case, that they uh, will be able to, to be healed from this quickly, that you'll protect those around them, that it won't spread. And uh, Lord, we just ask uh, that you just... Help the doctors and the scientists as they're working on vaccines, as they're working on uh, various uh, ways to deal with this pandemic, that things will be discovered that can be uh, effective and that we'll start seeing this turn around. And uh, we pray that throughout all these things that take place, that in some way you will be glorified and honored and praised. In Jesus' name, amen. You can stand if you want. <laughs> Last week I forgot to ask people to stand, and that was not on purpose. So anytime you want to stand, you can during worship. <laughs> breaks the power of sin and darkness whose love is mighty and so much stronger the king of glory the king above all kings who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder and leaves us breathless in awe and wonder the king of glory the King above all kings. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You would lay down your life. That I would be set free. Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. Who brings our chaos back into order? Who makes the orphan a son and daughter? The King of glory, the King above all kings. Who rules the nations with truth and justice, shines like the sun in all of its brilliance. The King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. 
Thank you with every my cross. You let me down your lies. That I would be set free. Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. Worthy is the Lamb who was saved. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was saved. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You would lay down your life. That I would be set free. Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. This is another new song and uh, the love of God. And uh, I think it'll just really prepare us for God's word today and the passage that we're, we're going to hear. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. The guilty path bowed down with care. God gave His Son to win. His erring child, He reconciled and pardoned from His sin. Oh, Lamb of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong. It shall forevermore endure the saints and angels' song. When years of time shall pass away and earthly thrones and kingdoms fall, when men who hear refuse to pray on rocks and hills and mountains call, God's love so sure shall still endure all measureless and strong redeeming grace to Adam's race the saints and angels song O Lamb of God how rich and pure How measureless and strong it shall forevermore endure the saints and angels' song. Could we with ink be 
ocean fell and were the skies of parchment made were every star on earth a quill and every man a scribe by trade to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry. Or could the scroll contain the whole stretch from sky to sky? Oh, love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong. It shall forevermore endure the saints and angels' song. I'm glad you guys, some of you guys knew that because it was my first time singing that song. <laughs> it helped a lot. Is that music to a, a different song, though? Mercy Me has a version, but that, I think that's the traditional hymn. Oh, yeah. The music it was familiar. The, the verses wasn't for some reason. So There is, there is a, the new Mercy Me version. He's out of verse. Hmm. Sorry, I didn't mean to have a private conversation going on. Just that it just came to me that 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 song sounds familiar, but the words didn't. So <laughs> wasn't sure why. So we are two sermons away, including today, from concluding this series that we've been doing this summer called The Summer of Love, that we've been looking at 1 Corinthians 13. When we planned this last year, uh, probably about this time, maybe a little later in last year, of what we were preaching on this summer, We had no idea what circumstances that we would be dealing with and enduring in the present time. But God did. And oh, what a lesson we need to learn today from this passage on agape love that Paul wrote about in 1 Corinthians 13. It's been saddening and quite eye-opening. To see and hear how some have responded to what has taken place in the world and in our country. Whether or not this is God's judgment for the sins that we've committed as a nation. The church of Jesus Christ should be the foremost voice and example of Jesus' love to the world around us. Instead of demanding our rights and looking down at people who may think differently than us, we should be living, as Paul called the Corinthians, or the Philippian church, where he says, let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that I may hear of you, that you are standing firm, not by yourself, Not the lone soldier, but that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. Not frightened in anything by your opponents. We need each other. We need the church. We need the brotherhood that we have in this family that we're a part of, to be able to live in a way that's worthy of the calling that we have in the gospel of Christ. 
Each of us should ask ourselves this question. Am I fulfilling the great commandment that that Jesus gave to his followers that included us in John chapter 13, where Jesus said, just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. The greatest way by far that we show to one another or show our love to one another is in our actions towards each other. You can say you love somebody all you want, but until you show it in your actions, it's just words. As pastors at Redwood Christian Fellowship, we believe that this is lacking in the world and in the United States. And most importantly for us in our local church here at RCF, may God forgive us for not taking the opportunity to be the light of this to this lost world, especially in our own neighborhood. The good thing is that it's not too late. Let us all take time to repent of the ways in which we have not loved well and lived up to God's gracious gospel. May the Holy Spirit empower us to change. May the Spirit grip the affections of our heart to truly believe that no matter who the president may be, Jesus is king and sits enthroned, ruling and reigning over every nation. And may our Father remind us that even when we are called to wear masks to do various tasks around our city, that if it means that in the end we have encouraged, if it means that if in the end that we have encouraged our neighbors, then it's a small sacrifice to do that. May we do it out of sacrificial Christian love, because that is more precious to us than national liberty. What an opportunity we have in these trying times to not only love each other, but to show the world that our greatest hope is not in a coronavirus vaccine or even the eradication, which it's okay to pray for. We do want that. Nor is it in the mass, though we may wear them when appropriate, or even the results of an election in a nation, but that it's in the salvation through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That is our hope. All those other things mean nothing in the end. Today, we're going to continue looking at 1 Corinthians 13. We'll be looking at verses 8 through 12, if you want to turn there. 1 Corinthians 13, starting in verse 8. And we'll be continuing looking at this Christian love that this passage says will never end. But I'd like to back up to verse 4 and read the whole section. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. 
but we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. And the last verse in that that I actually didn't write down but should be included is, So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. It will help us to understand this section if we understand what Paul is dealing with and how his recipients are hearing what he is telling them. Paul has been admonishing the church at Corinth in this letter because these Christians had been torn apart by contentions and disagreements in the church. It's bad enough when it takes place in the community, in society, that these things were taking place in the church church as well. And sometimes I think about how here early in the life of the New Testament church, in the church at Corinth, these things were taking place there. How can we not expect that those types of things will take place even today? If they're dealing with those things, we surely will deal with them. The Corinthian Christians were behaving in an immature, fleshly way. And at the heart of this ungodly behavior was a manifestation of certain talents and abilities and gifts without the presence of love in their lives. In chapter 12, Paul had addressed these spiritual gifts. And then he reminded them that the church is made up of many members, but it's one body. They were all members of the body of Christ. We are all members of the body of Christ, if you're a believer. And while the Holy Spirit gives various gifts to every member of the body, which is for the benefit of the whole body, if someone should use their spiritual gift without agape, Christian love, It is just a lot of noise. You could have been given the most amazing gifts that everyone around you seems to benefit from. But if you do not exercise it with love, then you are nothing and have gained nothing. Did you know that you can have a spiritual gift and use them in a worldly or fleshly manner. We still deal with sin in our lives. Until we go home, we will deal with sin. And you can deal in it and try to exercise your spiritual gift in a sinful way. When you are doing so without love, and that's exactly what we're doing. Vines, which is a word dictionary that I use frequently when I'm studying, summarizes agape love this way, and I thought it would be helpful to hear it again. Quote, Christian love, whether exercised towards the brethren or towards men generally, is not an impulse from the feelings. It does not always run with the natural inclinations, nor does it spin itself only upon those for whom some affinity is discovered. Love seeks the welfare of all. 
and works no ill to any. Love seeks opportunity to do good to all men and especially towards them that are of the household of faith, end quote. I must shamefully admit that I still need a lot of growth in exercising this type of love around me. I can only assume that probably all of you can probably say the same thing. No wonder there are people who are outside the church that could look at us or look at a Christian or someone who claims to be a Christian and say that I'm just as good as that person. I live just as good as that person does. He goes to church and I don't. There are many who seem to desire holding on to what we want or what we think we deserve above all else. And this brings shame to the work of the cross. We've already learned that this agape love is supernatural. It's not something you're born with. It's not something a lost person can have. It only comes to believers through the Holy Spirit when you're saved. And even when you get it, it's not perfected. It doesn't mean that you're going to exhibit it and exercise it in, in love like you're supposed to. But you do have the power in the Holy Spirit now to be able to do well loving others. In verses 4 through 7, Paul had given us a number of descriptors of this love. We've already gone through those. And now in this verse, verse 8, he makes another statement, one of the permanence of love. It says, agape love never ends. This love is the same love. That God the Father's, or that describes God the Father's attitude for his son. That's agape love. Describes the same love that God has for his children. And his will for his children is that they will have the same attitudes towards one another. And to the loss that are around us. Paul listed several gifts here in verse 8 to make a point. He said that while love is permanent, it never ends. It never falls. These three gifts that were listed may have been listed for the sake that the, the, the Corinthians uh, Christians had high value for these particular gifts. They placed a lot of value on them. Or it could have been listed and used, and I think is probably more probable, as a a representative of all the gifts, that he just picked these gifts and listed them, but he he was including all the gifts. But one of the things that he says about them is that they're temporary. All spiritual gifts are given for a purpose. And when they have served that purpose, they will cease to be. These verses have been used by those in the Christian faith that believe that spiritual gifts of prophecy and tongues in particular were given and used for a limited time in the early church and to complete the canon of Scripture. They would say that after the conclusion of the New Testament, and once the apostles died, that these particular gifts were no longer needed, so therefore they ceased. Although I don't think 
these verses are necessarily that conclusive in stating that. I do think that is pretty clear that it is saying that all spiritual gifts are valuable and they are for the use and they are for use in this world with all their imperfections and while being temporal, but it's not for the next. That the gifts are only for us now. And why is that? Because they're not going to be necessary in heaven. We won't need them. The Corinthians had put a higher value on these particular gifts, prophecy and tongues and knowledge, and would have looked down on those around them who didn't have them, would have thought themselves better. I speak in tongues. (laughs) You can't speak in tongues. I must be more religious. I must be more holy. They turned their nose at people below them, and this was wrong. Paul taught that prophecies will pass away. Tongues will cease and knowledge will pass away. Verse 9, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. Verse 9 is an explanation of why prophecy and knowledge will cease. Because they're imperfect. They are not complete in their usage. There will come a time when they're no longer needed. One commentary, Robertson and Plummer, on this letter says, Knowledge and prophecy are useful as lamps in the darkness, but they will be useless when the eternal day has dawned. Like that. Paul is saying that these gifts will have no use when completeness is revealed and therefore are inferior to love. Paul confirms this assertion next in this passage with a human experience, one that, at least as adults, most of us have experienced. Maybe the kids haven't quite got this yet. But he compares childhood with adulthood in verse 11, where he says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. It's just the way life is supposed to be. In other words, all spiritual gifts is what he's getting at with this in this human experience that he's sharing, in all spiritual gifts, they're useful in spiritual childhood. But when Christ comes and maturity is finally reached, they will no longer be needed and will be put away. David Jackman, in his commentary on 1 Corinthians, wrote that However much we may mature in Christian character and behavior in this life, as indeed we should, yet at best, it will be only a childhood compared to all our full adult status of complete maturity in heaven. This life, in many ways, is a spiritual childhood. Hopefully we're growing. We don't stay a baby forever. Maybe we'll reach our teens. Maybe we'll reach our early adulthood before this life ends. But one day, spiritual maturity will come. The Corinthians were living in a childish way. They did not put aside their arguing and fighting and jealousies and their pride. They did it openly amongst the brothers and sisters in the church. Many Christians today are also still living in a very childish way. 
And Paul not only corrected the Corinthians and called them to put away those things that they were doing and to grow. His letter is also calling us to move past these childish things and gain some spiritual maturity. In verse 12, it says, For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Today you may look at that and go, what in the world does it even mean? I look in my mirror and I see all the imperfections that might be reflected back at me. It's a pretty good picture. But you know what? In those days, they didn't have the mirrors we have. They were using polished bronze or polished metal. And if you ever glanced at something that didn't have a a material on it that reflected back a clear image to you, if you just looked into a piece of metal that's been polished, you get a pretty dim reflection back at you. And that's what they were using. That's what they had. And that's why understanding that helps us to get a little better glimpse at what he may be saying, that the image they were looking at was dim, was not that clear. In this type of mirror, they could only see dimly, but in the life to come when Christ returns, they will see perfectly. Face-to-face means that all our wrong misconceptions and poor understanding that we've had will be removed. It goes on to say, now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. When we're resurrected, And have our glorified bodies that we'll be given. We will know fully. Imagine that. I don't deal with the pain and injuries and hurts that a lot of people in our church deal with. But those men and women will have a little better... um, Expectation, I guess, when they start thinking about what a glorified body might be like. You're not going to deal with that bad back and those bad knees and bad heart and whatever else may be ailing you. You won't have that in that glorified body. That all the things that we might not fully understand in this body and in this life, you know, imagine things like the Trinity, you know, we, we talk about the Trinity, but you can never quite get a good understanding of just exactly how all that works. I think in heaven we will have a much better understanding. It'll make a lot more sense. Or all those hard questions and difficult passages. I mean, they, they, people have even written books on that. Hard questions and difficulties in the Bible and trying to explain them. And we won't need those books in heaven. I think we'll have a much better idea ourselves what those answers are and why things took place, why things happened the way they did. And I think when that happens, we'll also be amazed. We'll be amazed at what God had done in the history of, of human, the human race. The story of redemption and what he did and how he did it and the cost of it. We'll be amazed. And not at our knowledge, that won't be amazing, but at what God, at, at God's holiness, at his goodness, his love, his grace, his power. It will amaze us. We'll be able to deal with that for eternity. It 
So as we conclude this series next week, we as your pastors call on those who call RCF your church home to practice agape love in your everyday life to your family, to your neighbors, to your co-workers, to whoever you run into. We challenge you to that. We call you to that. We encourage you to do that. This might mean that you'll have to give up a lot of things that you believe you deserve. Or maybe things that you'd prefer to do. But by putting others first and loving them with this special type of love, you'll be fulfilling the command of Jesus Christ, your Lord, and making a much different impact on the world around us than you are now. You're not impressing people by going out and doing some of the things that Christians have been doing in our community. If anything, you're embarrassing us. You're embarrassing Christ. You'll have a much more influence by loving people and doing what's necessary to show that love. This is probably a good time to close and take communion together. One of the things that we look forward to while taking communion is the return of Christ. Or his own. When we will be with Jesus face to face. That is the great hope that Christians have. That the loss in the world can never understand. The hope and expectation of spending eternity with our Lord. And having this old body replaced with one that is perfect and whole. That's one of the things that we look forward to and remember as we celebrate communion. If you haven't already obtained a communion cup, you've got a song to be able to walk out there out on the table and then hold it and we'll celebrate together in a few minutes. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassion, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Summer and winter and springtime and harvest. Sun, moon, and stars in their courses above. Join with all nature in manifold witness to thy grace, faithfulness, mercy, and love. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning, new mercies.
All in another chapter of this letter spoke to the Corinthian church on uh, communion because they were having difficulties with that too. Corinthian church, I think, is a great representative of the modern day church today, unfortunately. Um, a lot of the same things that he deals dealt with in their church, I think a lot of churches deal with. They were having trouble with the communion and understanding what the communion was all about. He set them straight. And he told them that Jesus taught him this, told him this, and gave it to him to give to us so that we might understand better. He says in verse 23 of chapter 11, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night that he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread together. And in the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying that this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's drink together. And then he continues by saying, for as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We hope you have a good week this week. Start afresh. Go out and love each other. Go out and love our community. Represent Christ. God bless you, and we'll see you next week. Please stand with us as we close.